What the heck? This is Dan Gehek, your host. Let me entertain you. Let's see what we've got for you today, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a recording podcast. It's live. Isn't that great? I've had a pretty awesome couple of weeks, to be honest. A lot of colourful things have been happening in my life, and I'd like to share them with you today. First thing I thought is, I'm turning 50. And if you're turning 50, theoretically you're meant to do something pretty substantial in your life. Ideally, what I would have liked to do, uh, would to do the Camino Walk. Now, a couple of my colleagues have actually done the Camino Walk, and that's an 800km walk. Uh, somewhere around Spain, uh, Santiago to somewhere else. And I, oh, it doesn't really work for me taking time off uh, through the year. Uh, so I thought I'd do it at Christmas time. But apparently the Camino Walk's got snow on it and it wouldn't be wise. So I thought about it about three weeks ago. What could I do instead? And I've always wanted to go to Bangladesh. And uh, that's the most populated city in the world. So that's what I'm doing, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm starting off my trip, and I'm actually planning to do China. And I were I like doing a stopover when I go away. And I've done a lot, you know, Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, never been to Dubai. But I thought, I know what I'll do, I'll go to China. I have been to Hong Kong as a stopover in the past, but I've never been to uh, Canton, uh, which is the tech capital, and it's also mainland China, so and it's not too far away from Hong Kong. And apparently Hong Kong's not the best place to travel at the moment. So yeah, so I'm planning a trip. So what I'm going to do, Friday the 13th, which is coming up, I'm actually going to get on a plane, China um, Southern, and I'm going to stay in China for three nights. Now, getting to China isn't exactly as easy as the other countries because China want to know your full itinerary before they give you your, your visa. Um, so I've got my visa. Uh, very happy about that. So planning a trip, uh, I run, I've counted the other day, we did 400 and I think it was 34 Elite Six meetings. Now if you're not familiar with Elite Six, I actually, uh, it's a business networking company. Our main point of difference is um, we support bus- people in business and you don't have to refer people, um, but we uh, have a lot of businesses who are startups and, and businesses who are trying to look for a way to enlarge um, their sales and all sorts of things, we give a lot of that sort of advice. But anyway, so I've done 434 meetings. The majority of them are done by me. I have one darling facilitator who runs my Selwyn group for me. Her name's Julia and all the others. So we've had a pretty good year. In fact, it's been the best year I've probably had in about 10 years, uh, which is really exciting. And we've tried... Uh, doing some really innovative things. So with my business networking, which is my passion, not get mistaken for a business, we've done away with industries. So that means that we're not industry-based business networking. So we can have two accountants, two lawyers in the same group without upsetting the synergies. And everyone's really on board with it. It's really cool. Now we discover that is another story another day. Uh, so uh, long story short, we've got some really cool people in my networks at the moment. Currently got around about 110 We've got up to about 122 this year, and we're back to 110. People leave for different reasons. So I thought to celebrate my 50th, because that was the topic, I would go and do a trip trip to China and Bangladesh, and then I wanted to travel across land to India. That was the plan. But then when I got my Indian visa, it said that I'm only allowed to use it to enter one of 28 ports, airports, or five seaports. And I'm thinking, I don't actually know where the closest airport is, and I thought I'd use it to go across land. 
So just between you and me, I'm actually thinking that I will try to go through a border and get turned away with my visa. Who knows, I might get through. But if not, I'll go to the closest airport between India and Bangladesh and fly somewhere in India and then make my way to New Delhi where I'm going to come home. So it's a, definitely an intrepid journey. Uh, when I was 20, uh, 30, I packed up my troubles, my old kit bag as I say, and I travelled 25 countries in four and a half months. And my goal at the time is I wanted to be able to claim it as a business trip. So I carried on running my business on a laptop and uh, it was really, really cool. I really enjoyed it. And so what I did was I made this website called worldelectroniccards.com. It's not going anymore. I took 25 countries, sorry, I took 25 photos of each country I visited and then I created a um, electronic postcard series for each country, and then I could claim back um, a high majority of my business travel, so to speak. So it was really cool. So my guy, my goal at the moment uh, is to go to third world countries and take street photography. And I will. I haven't got a photo associated anywhere, but I took a photo of three little girls. And I used a two megabyte camera 20 years ago. And I was asking the girls to, I was trying to get the girls to stand still as I was hanging out the back of a bus. And, um, and the, every time I could get two of them standing still, but the other one kept moving and vice versa. So I finished up giving them a few rupees and I got a pretty good photo of them. And it always reminds me of why I love street photography so much. So this time I'm going to do short videos and I'm going to use my TikTok account. And I'm going to um, try to become a V-blogger using um, TikTok because not many people travel to Bangladesh, which I'll probably spend the majority of my time. So as you travel and you go to those countries, it's always wise to get your jabs in your arm. So as I said in my blog that I'm basing this talk on is shit happens and shit happened to my car the other day. So I was in getting my travel uh, shots and... I hear this big, uh, so I went and had the consultation and I talked to a lady over the internet ironically while I was doing my consultation she was away in Dunedin and then I waited in the waiting room for the nurse to come along and give me the jabs that she recommended for travelling those countries and I hear this big smash and a pop and I look out the window and there's this Santa Fe elite going down the road on two wheels looking like it's going to roll over with the airport bags deployed. And I thought, wow, that's been, that must be quite a serious accident for the airbags to actually go off. And so I went out there to see um, what was happening and if I could help. And then I realized that the car had actually hit my little wee's 10-month-old Suzuki Swift Sport that was sitting on the side of the road minding its own business. And uh, I felt sorry for the, uh, the young fella. He was really stressed about it and he said that he had basically the whole world on his shoulders and he had so much going on in his life and I said what age are you mate and he said 17 and I said look don't worry about my car it's just a bit of metal I've been in your shoes before and even though today might feel like hell's freezing over don't worry about it it's just a car it doesn't bother me at all and I truly meant that to him and I said it looks like you've hurt yourself your fingers are bleeding and he goes, oh, I, I pulled the skin around my nails and that's why they're bleeding. It's not because of the accident. And I said, do you suffer with anxiety? And he goes, yes. And I said, do you get help? 
do you talk to people about it? I mean, at a young age, a lot of people, you don't. They don't think of can. I said, don't be free. Because the last thing I wanted this young fella to go home and top himself because he had a bad day. So people say, boy, you're you're amazingly calm. And all I'm thinking is, oh, well, my car's really badly damaged. I'll probably get a brand new one anyway. So unfortunately, that young fella was working for a, a reputable company here in Christchurch called Blackwell's Mazda. He was relocating a Santa Fe Elite, which is the exact car I owned before my Suki Swift. And it was a, rent, a customer's car that had been serviced and he was dropping it back. So that was, um, but you know, big accident. No one got hurt, including himself. The airbags went off uh, and it was pretty, um, pretty hard. So it's not really the sort of thing you want to happen just before you're planning to leave the country for three weeks. And it was quite... Um, it was just all blurry, to be honest. So, as I said, I didn't want to burden the young fella, so I just got on with it. I have one of my... Um, and the, the good thing about owning a business networking company, I know everyone, and fortunately we had one of a really fantastic panel beater, um, Mike um, Brewer. And it was he's helped me before when I smashed my car. And I rang him up and said, Mike, what's the procedure? What's the best thing to do? And he said, well, when Park's come and pick up your car, tell them to bring it straight to my yard, and that will um, help with uh, everything we needed. But Parks wouldn't take my car. They wanted to take it back to their yard because they get um, money for that. And also, uh, who pays the towing fees is never confirmed, but they hold the car as collateral, so I found that afterwards. So they had to retow it to um, uh, Ferry Mead Auto afterwards, but a member of Elite Six said, uh, Danny, did you know that you're entitled to a free rental car? Because I rang up my insurance company and I said, look, um, do I, I don't have business insurance for my car, but what does that actually cover me for? Do I get another vehicle? And they went, no. And they said, but don't worry, you won't have to pay your excess uh, and you won't lose uh, your no-claim bonus. And I said, oh, all right. And I said, so what do you guys do? Do you go after the other insurance company? And get the money. And they said, yes. And they said, so you're batting for me. Is that correct? And they went, yes. But they didn't tell me about a lovely service, which is called righttodrive.co.nz. And that service, basically, if you're at fault, um, sorry, if you're not at fault, like I was, because I was in the doctor's surgery, I went in my car, and it's basically confirmed that the you're not liable, uh, then you're entitled, by law, to a free rental car. And it's all set up in Australia, and it's set up here in New Zealand. So that was a real blessing in disguise. I mean, if it was my fault, I wouldn't be entitled to a free rental car. So that's where those policies and your insurance where you can be insured uh, for a rental car up to four weeks after you have an accident and all that sort of stuff would be um, come into play. But if you're not at fault legally, you can get a free rental car. So I rang them up, rang up an Australian guy, and I said, oh, uh, can I get a free rental car? And he said, yep, 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 no worries. So we spent half an hour going through all the paperwork on the phone, as you do. And the next thing is the rental car company locally rings up and says, oh, we ain't got no cars available. <laughs> so, oh, well, never mind. But anyway, they found me a van a couple of, uh, on the Monday, it happened on the Thursday. Uh, somebody loaned me my car and um, I got a rental car. So that was a really good uh, peace of mind thing. So obviously I needed to know how the process worked. I wanted my car written off. But the powers that be said that basically the car wouldn't be written off because it's only 10 months old. Um, my 
panel beater member said to me, he rang up somebody at the top of state, and he said, what's the go? And he said, well, if it's a brand new car, he said if 60% of it, um, they will, so if the car's got, at the time, the car was valued around about 26000 so 60% of that, which is probably, I'm just guessing, is probably about eighteen, nineteen thousand. 19000 and if the car's less than that to fix, they fix it. If it's anything over that, they'll write the car off. So I thought, oh, that's cool. So let's hope they write it off because it's been shunted at the back and pushed into the gutter and the wheels popped out and panels and uh, was it, it, the gearbox could have been damaged, all sorts of things. Who knows? So anyway, so I got it to Mike and he valued it all up and he said it's about $17,000. He rang up the um, assessor guy and he said, look, I don't know whether this car's got more damage. Once we spend thousands on it, we don't know whether the gearbox is stuffed and all this sort of stuff. So they finished up writing it off, which was a great relief for me, and that took a long time. It took about a week and a half to get that thing. So the next minute, I get a phone call from the lovely lady at uh, State Insurance, and she goes, well, it's um, your car's been written off, and that's what you wanted, and I said, yes, I did, because I don't want to drive a car where I felt it's lost its integrity, and they said, and we're going to pay you out $24,500, and I said, pardon? I said, that car's 10 months old. Are you telling me that within 10 months, I know they devalue as soon as you drive them over the lot, but that car has lost $7,000, nearly $800 a month, I said, what's the use of having insurance if that's the case? And she said, oh, yeah, I think it's a bit low too. So I said, well, what's the guts? That's the catch that's coming. I said, what's the guts? He said, well, what you can do is you can ring up the um, vehicle assessor. And I said, look, I thought you guys were betting for me. Why do I have to get involved? Do I look like a car dealer? I said, I'm going to ring up a vehicle uh, evaluator and tell him he's got the price wrong. I said, why don't you guys ring him up? You're in the industry. I said, no point me doing it. I'm a, I'm a computer web guy. I'm not a car guy. So uh, that was her case. So anyway, she said, look, just ring him up. We can't get involved. And I said, look, funny enough, ironically this morning, I got my car valued from the people I bought it from. Oh, we can't use their valuation because there's a conflict of interest there. And I said, well, they sell hundreds and hundreds and thousands of them a year. They literally do. Uh, so they came back in the morning, gave me a valuation of $27,000. And they said, well, email that to him. So I emailed, I, no, I didn't email, I rang up the guy. He said, oh, hi, my name's Danny DeHeck. Uh, I said, you valued my Suzuki Swift. He said, I value hundreds of cars. Put it in an email and I'll answer it tomorrow. And he hung up. And next minute I got a text from him with his email address. I thought, wow, I couldn't believe it. I thought, what an arrogant prick you are, mate. So I, fortunately, I have good records. I'm a paperless office, so I attached my purchase price for the vehicle 10 months ago and I also attached the valuation I got from a very reputable uh, Holland Suzuki dealer and half an hour later not the next day I got an email back from this guy called Michael and it said I'm sorry I have made a mistake in your valuation it is worth So I'm going, oh, 26. Oh, well, it owes me 28000 $2,000 out. People will say, hey, maybe you could write to Blackwells and Mazda and, and, and say, hey, guys, uh, I know you guys are a reputable company. This accident was not my fault. It's actually finished up costing me a couple of grand. You know, would you guys be interested in, in wearing the cost of that? So long story short, um, what happened while I was writing a reply? Because what I did was I got on the internet. Of course you do. I tried to find a 2019 Suzuki Swift Sport Auto 
that was for sale. And I managed to find one with 13 and a half Ks on it that the guy quoted me in his email telling me why he'd come up with that price. Uh, that was selling for $26,000. Now, my car did have 25,000 Ks on it, and I understand that's quite a lot for a 10-month-old car. However, the car that he was comparing mine to was a Japanese import, and mine happened to be New Zealand new. And who knows what you're getting from Japan. It could have been one that was in an accident over there. So as I was writing that back to him, and I've never heard back from him to date, so he's never come back, and I did actually find out afterwards that that information came off Car Jam, and it wasn't actually uh, the sale price. So I might have been wrong with uh, figuring out whether it was the car he's talking about. But anyway, while I'm writing that email, state insurance ring up, and it's Anna. And she goes, hi, Danny. <laughs> she said, look, we've been reading the policy wording, me and a couple of the girls in the office, and you're actually entitled to a brand new car. And I said, oh, oh, that's cool. So I don't have to worry about this evaluator prick then, do I? No. And she said, and the company that looks after it, I'm finding out all about it for you. Uh, just said, and they will deliver you the car to your door, and it's hassle-free. And also, did you have sign writing? Because along the way she was saying, um, you know, that I, uh, I would get paid for the sign writing as well. But because I used a member of Elite 6, it only cost me 100 bucks. And when I got the uh, value, uh, sorry, the quote to get my six dots on each door done again from another um, sign writing company, it was two hundred and eighty dollars. So, because she originally said to me, said, "Oh, how much did it cost to get sign written?" And I said, seven thousand dollars. <laughs> but that didn't work. Anyway, so long story short, um, we get a brand new car. And also, then I wanted to come from Holland because I have a service plan. I also wanted to. Uh, um, obviously get their five-year hassle-free motoring, so I was looking for that, but that was sort of a real weight of my, my shoulders. So I've got my, my, my rental van, I've been cruising around town in that, um, not having a brand new car. Now this is something to consider. Um, my last car cost $88,000. I walked in and basically lease it over, um, I, I don't lease lease it, I basically finance lease it, which means that I normally keep them for a couple of years. Uh, and then I sell them for whatever it owes, and then I go in and I buy a brand new one. But if you do that, if you're curious, $88,000 car actually comes back about $1,300 a month. And one of my goals this year was to get debt-free. So by uh, I actually had to top up the car by $10,000 this time and get rid of the $1,300 as payment just to have the car, let alone run it and do the tyres and all the other stuff you've got to do when you own a car. And I bought this as Wee Suzuki Swift with 39 five percent interest it also come with a dollar of a litre petrol once a month so at the end of the day my car expense literally went down from between eighteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month to around about six or seven hundred dollars a month uh, i also gave up drinking this year um, i work in a real cool place it's called genius co-working i've mentioned it before and at the uh, four o'clock time i'll go get a beer and then you have one beer and you think i'll have another so it's been about in it from 15 to 20 dollars a day on beer if you do the maths on that normally my bar tab was in it from three to four hundred last month when i paid paid my bar tab for coffees and and the like and chips every now and again it was 38 dollars so i was really proud of the fact that i actually managed to uh, get rid of a lot of the debt that i was carrying i don't have a house at the moment and a mortgage uh, but also, uh, I still drive a brand new car, and I like new cars, I do like having nice things, 
Uh, I've bought a few gadgets this year. I'm a gadget freak, Garmin watch and iPad. Um, it's a nice recording gear, testing one, two, three. Um, so at the end of the year, I looked at it and I thought, actually, I've had the best year I think I've had in 10 years. Uh, not just financially, but it's all coming together. I also rebranded my company. Uh, we did away with the industries. Uh, I came up with 12 impromptu questions to ask members instead of doing member presentations. Uh, and we've got some really nice um, next year I'm really looking forward to. So anyway, long story short, yes, I've got a brand new car. Uh, the lady at State Insurance, uh, my ex-girlfriend, uh, used to work for AMI, and I remember her coming home telling me that she loved ringing up people and telling them that they've got a new car or they're going to get the payout and the like. So I had a lot of empathy for lovely Anna. I know she's just doing her job, um, but don't ever lay down and take it because I could have taken $24,500 as my settlement. I would have had to top up my loan for $3,500 to break even, and then I would have also probably gone and got another car and had two loans at the same time. But just because I said, this does not sound right, this is not right, don't, is it come down to money? You know, all the thousands of dollars they pay out in insurance and they just wind it back. They're a business, you know, so it was really, really cool. So I wouldn't have come up with all those ideas, but having a network of people around you who really do honestly care about you, I, I sort of put a bit of adding up into it, and I think four or five people from Elite Six gave me some good, really good sound advice. Uh, I could ring up a lawyer on the fly, uh, Mike from uh, Linwood Law, and I just said, look, is it worth fighting the insurance company? He said, look, if you employ me, it's going to cost you probably $1,500. Um, this is when I realized that I thought the valuation was low. And he said, out of it, you're going to come out with an extra $1,500 if you win. And, and the insurance companies are all geared up against people like you. So that was good sound advice. It was awesome knowing a panel beater. He told me how the system worked. Uh, he told me it wasn't too bad to be fixed. Um, but he said, um, and I said, look, the integrity of the vehicle will be lost. It's a small car. I don't like the idea of it being fixed. It's not rocket science. Um, so all in all, I'm quite happy. So I'm really looking forward to my trip away to Bangladesh. Uh, I've got a real passion for photography. Uh, it's not the Camino walk, which is an 800 kilometers walk and 25 k's a day. When I went to Cambodia, Cambodia and Thailand. I went to Thailand and crossed the border into Cambodia. Um, I went to Cambodia for about eight, nine days and I walked. Uh, every day I used to get up um, and I, I used to cl click my watch and I used to walk around the city for about 20 to 30 k's and then I would track my way back to wherever I was staying. And I just loved walking around cities holding a wee, uh, I've got a wee Sony 6000. Um, I was trying to find the equivalent to a 35mm lens and I, I, I like street photography so my perfect photography is a little go-to camera um, I like the concept of having a Pentiac 35mm camera um, because we're using digital these days um, and I'm not a, a professional photographer I just like capturing those moments and I'm just so hoping to get one of those moments where that photo, you know, like the when I was hanging out the back of the bus and I've got this photo of these three girls um, and um, that photo, even though it was 20 years ago, really sticks in my mind. So I'm hoping 
when I get myself in an opportunity like that, that I can get that photo. And sometimes you have milliseconds to get your camera out, get it going. And when I travelled through the Middle East, I had a laptop strapped to my chest in a bag, and I had a camera that I could cover with a cloth, and I could still see the screen. So now, 20 years later, I now have a 20 megabyte camera. I can still do the same thing. I've also got a handheld 4K uh, movie camera. If I get brave enough, I'll be doing, I'll have my selfie stick, and I'll be doing a bit of recording. So my, my goal is really to use TikTok and become a vlogger on TikTok. Um, I would love to travel full time and just travel the world that's something i'm always amazed when you travel these third world countries you will find that people have different qualities uh, their way of life is completely different so when you come back to little old, little old new zealand we are a plentiful country we have a lot of opportunities we also have strange things like the highest suicide rate in one of the western worlds so, you know, it's, everything has a yin and a yang effect. But I promise you that I'm not going away for a, a relaxing holiday. I'm going away for, um, how do I say, uh, an experience. My brain's very active and I'll be looking for opportunities. Uh, I'll be going to China for three days and I'm going to go around some of the, I'm going to the technology capital in China and uh, Canton is going to be absolutely awesome uh, and I'm really looking forward to just having a look around so you learn a lot about yourself when you travel and um, I personally because of my religious upbringing I don't really have a belief in a higher force or a god um, but I do live my life in five year, five year implements so my, my goal is when I come back my 50th that's the start of another five years and I vow to myself that if I don't like where I am now or things in my life, I will dramatically change them. Uh, we've, you know, we've had a great year with our drop shipping. Helen, my uh, partner, and I, uh, we've got five online shops going, and we are doing really, really well. And we're in the business of selling ear, as my friend who has a retail shop says says. Uh, and we've learned so much about that industry. So. The, if you've ever done any affiliate marketing or drop shipping or I've had um, real products and sold them in real, uh, you know, you know, I've actually gone down to the post office and delivered them, the opportunities that we have now electronically are still there. And I reckon if you're, you challenge me, if you've got any business opportunity that you're trying to uh, get going, um, share it with me, message me, find me on the internet and say, look, I'm thinking about doing this. My, I feel like I'm a bit of a, a business buster and I'll tell you that the pitfalls I see or I'll come up with an opportunity that you may not have thought of. Um, that's sort of what I do. And the strength of what I say isn't necessarily my words. It's what I get from other people that I hang around. So this week at Elite Six, instead of doing our regular format, we've ran a think tank meeting. And the topic has been one-man band. Now, if you're a one-man band, you've got all your instruments and you're, you're on the street corner and you're playing your tune. And I love that. I think it's awesome. And I know that I'm really good at playing my instrument. 
but I might not be really good at playing the, all the other instruments. And so at the meetings, I've been saying to people, we're all one-man bands, we're passionate. Now, when I'm playing in the one, my one-man band, have I got my purse, my satchel, out the front, and am I playing for money? Or am I so wound up in the concept of being entrepreneurial that I'm, I'm just making a whole lot of sound and I'm really enjoying the jam session I'm having with myself. And when you're talking about I'm a business person, you've really got to focus on what you make money from. Got a wee side story, a wee snippet for you. Louis Armstrong, remember him? Uh, did you know he had a nickname? His name was um, uh, Satchmo. And you know why he was called that? Because he used to play on the street corners and the kids used to come along and steal his money. So he put his money in his mouth. And then he got the nickname Satchmouth. Satchmouth. See? Pretty cool, eh? Anyway, um, so yeah, when you're playing your one-man band, so what I was saying to people this year, what about if we gave away, if I gave you 10 hours each, and this was in a group of people, 15 people there, and I said, I'm gifting you 10 hours a week. What would you do with that 10 hours I give you? You can replace anything that you do and give it to somebody and they will take over that. What would you do? And you've got up to 10 hours, not 40 hours, not hiring somebody. And it was really interesting. One of the guys said, can I save it up? <laughs> so I love that thinking. So he was thinking he'd go away for six weeks and he'll save up all that time and he'll bank it. And I said, no, you have to use it. And then the next question I was asking people was, if that is the case, um, can't you afford to pay somebody 10 hours a week? And, and a lot of people are going, well, actually, I quite like being a one-man band. Um, and can I pay somebody 10 hours a week? I probably could afford to it. So then, so do you want to grow your business? <laughs> and they go, oh, I'm not really sure. I'm quite happy how it is. So why not make your business more niche and, and uh, maybe look at your systems and processes rather than trying to expand your, you know, and then the other thing I said to people, because I left school at 14, no education, and I don't know how to read and write very well, I've discovered audiobooks and podcasts, and I'm on a crusade to learn. <laughs> so here I am learning, and I'm loving it. And I learn, I've learned most of the stuff I've learned by giving it trial and error. I don't go away and think about things. I normally go away and think, that sounds good, let's start it now, and let's do it. Don't procrastinate. There's an old saying saying if, it, if you can do a job in ten, uh, two minutes, do it now. And I truly believe that's important to uh, embrace. Um, yeah, so uh, so personal development is where I was going with that. So maybe the, maybe if I gave you 10 more hours, you might hire somebody to do your accounts or do some advertising or do some marketing. That's all very well. But what about if I said, well, how about when I first started working for myself, the first two years I put everything into it and I worked, eat, sleep. Work, eat, sleep. Work, eat, sleep. And then after two years, I, you hit the wall a wee bit and you have to change something because you can't normally keep that up. But what happens if I um, said to you, well, instead of now the two years have gone past, if you follow me, you need to keep yourself fully charged. Now, personal development to me is charging my batteries. I get a bit charismatic. I don't even know if I suffer with bipolar, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody diagnosed me with a label and said, oh, Danny, you've got a bit of bipolar, because I do ride on the waves. When I'm on top of the wave, I find myself, I work better under pressure. If I have to stand up and speak to a whole bunch of strangers, I can normally bluff my way through it quite happily. Um, but when I get home, I'm a bit of a quiet guy. But 
if I listen to audiobooks and podcasts, it charges me. And it doesn't just charge me physically, my mind is active. And that's why I like traveling, because I'm going to get to a really good place while I'm traveling. And it's going to make my brain spark. And I'm going to come up with some awesome idea, and I'm going to share it with you guys on my next podcast. That's enough of me waffling. It's late at night. I've set up my recording gear in uh, the kitchen at home. My flatmate is probably listening to me talk to myself in the kitchen and think I'm crazy. I've had my best year in 10 years. Why not share with me um, why you one good thing that you've learned this year that you can share with other people? And why not just make it simple? What's one ginormous goal that you want to do or plan or start and plan next year? I did have another uh, words of wisdom that I wanted to share with you guys. But I can't remember what it is. So be safe. Uh, have a holiday. Uh, think of me and um, tune into oh next year's podcast. I know what it is. Um, now this is podcast. This is um, podcast.dehec.com. My business networking is elite, and it's number six, and so it's podcast.elite6.com. I hate when people read website addresses out, but anyway, search for Elite Six on Apple iTunes, whatever it is, or any of those stores. And you'll listen to a podcast, because we have these think tank meetings. Now on Friday, it's going to be a real cool one, because we're actually, I've been doing these mini think tank meetings at my meetings all week, and then on Friday, all my business networking groups combined as to one group, and it's the last meeting of the year. I think I'm shouting everyone's coffees. Tune into that podcast, and listen to the different people talking, and their different take on their music they play as their one-man band. Uh, I listen to my own podcasts myself and get tips out of them. People's thinking is very clever. And a lot of the people in our networks are just smart, smart cookies. That's one thing. So that's me. Uh, Next time you see me, do check out my TikTok account. As I say, please uh, subscribe. It makes a difference. And share. And any of those thumbs up buttons, click them. Um, Please share some comments. Remember, what's one thing that you're really proud of this year that you've accomplished or done? Uh, And um, and that's me. So have a fantastic Christmas. And this will probably be my second to last podcast because the last one will actually be on uh, Elite Six. So have a great year. Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Bye.